the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tolerance, as it is now defined, is not a godly or biblical philosophy. The fact is, God is very intolerant of some beliefs and some actions. Those are called sins. And those are the very things the Apostle Paul addresses in his letter to the church at Corinth. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Today, we begin a marvelous excursion through the book of 1 Corinthians. Rather straightforward, poignant at times, and brutally honest, the Apostle Paul pulls no punches when it comes to addressing sin as exactly what it is. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely as we begin study verse by verse and our look at the book of 1 Corinthians. Well, I want to invite you to take your Bibles and open to 1 Corinthians. Well, why? Well, for one thing, the church at Corinth lived in the midst of an exceedingly wicked and decadent and violent and hedonistic and prosperous community, a community not unlike the one in which we live. And church members there struggled to overcome the influences of the community around them and rise to the standards of conduct that should reflect a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so Paul wrote the letter to give guidance to Christians on how to live in the midst of a godless and perverse society. And so there's much we can learn from this letter. One thing that we learn from scriptures is that there's never been a perfect church. There are people who are constantly searching for the perfect church. Well, there's never been a perfect church because churches are made up of people. There are no perfect people. Therefore, there can be no perfect churches. Someone once told somebody else, I want to find the perfect church. And the person responded, well, if you do find the perfect church, please don't go there because you'll mess the whole thing up. (laughs) There are no perfect churches. Never has been and never will be so long as we're in our fallen state. And the church at Corinth was no exception. Now, if we were to do an overview of 1 Corinthians, we find that Paul has written this to address a lot of problems, and almost every chapter has got a problem. Uh, Chapters 1 through 3, he's dealing with divisions in the church. Chapter 4, Paul has to defend his apostleship because false leaders are rising and and trying to lead the church astray. Chapter 5, a man is having sex with his mom or his stepmom, and that's not the worst problem. The problem is even bigger because the church is proud of how inclusive and tolerant they're being towards this. In chapter 6, Christians are suing Christians. In chapter 7, Paul gives instructions on marriage, divorce, and remarriage because obviously that needs clarification. In chapter 8, Christians are causing other Christians to stumble in their faith. In chapter 9, church leadership is being disrespected. In chapter 10, Paul warns against sexual immorality and grumbling. In chapter 11, the Christians are getting drunk together in church at communion. Chapter 12, Paul addressed the Lone Ranger Christian syndrome uh, because the church was not working together as the body of Christ. In chapter 13, Paul has to stop and describe what godly love should look like. In chapter 14, spiritual gifts are being uh, abused and misused, and instead of building the church up as God intended them to do, they are actually being used to tear it down. 
In chapter 15, instead of the church being an influence in the community, they are being influenced by the community. And Paul writes these words, Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. And then in chapter 16, Paul addresses the proper procedures for taking up a church collection. In other words, the church at Corinth had a lot of problems. But out of all of these problems that needed to be addressed, the lawsuits, the sexual immorality, the drunkenness, where did Paul start? He started with the matter of divisions in the church. So I'm going to invite you to turn in to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now, in the weeks to come, we're going to go back. We're going to cover the first nine verses and do more in terms of introducing this letter. But for this morning, let's jump directly into studying uh, this correction, this first correction by the Apostle Paul. Uh, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. So Paul begins by asking his congregation to be united in mind and judgment. You know, church quarreling is nothing new. Some of us have had experiences where we've been in churches where there was quarreling and sometimes splits, and there's always pain involved in that, and people are damaged as a result. But it's nothing new. It's from the very beginning time of the Christian church. You see, in unity lies the joy of Christian ministry. And, and unity gives credibility to Christian testimony. The Lord prayed in his prayer uh, that's recorded for us in John 17, the one that he prayed just before he went to the cross, praying for his church. He prayed that we might be one, that we might be in unity, that the world might know that he is a Savior because we live in unity. Well, immediately after the Pentecost, these newly empowered believers were living together perfectly in harmony. They were sharing and rejoicing and worshiping and witnessing together, as recorded for us in Acts chapter 2, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, praising God, having favor with all of the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so this, this unity was very attractive, and, and, and it bore much fruit for the kingdom of God. It was bringing honor, and it was bringing glory to God. See, God is one God, but three persons. And those three persons live and work in unity. And when we live and work in unity, we reflect the glory of God and we give glory to God. The Bible says that the world is going to know that we are Christians by our love. And one of the byproducts of love is unity. And that early church got off to a great start because of their unity. Well, for us to live and work in unity, we need to understand a few things like what unity is not. Unity is not an indiscriminate tolerance or acceptance and approval of any and all beliefs or any and all behaviors. Let me say it again. Unity is not an indiscriminate tolerance or acceptance and approval of any and all beliefs or any and all behaviors. There exists a popular philosophy today that's encapsulated in statements such as, can't we all just get along? That suggests that unity is produced by an indiscriminate tolerance towards every behavior or belief. You know, I've been taking a few classes to improve my skills so that I can be a, a better pastor, and not everyone in those classes are a Christian. And in one discussion, a fellow student declared, my God loves everyone. And he will not leave anyone behind. Now, what that student was saying was that her God was tolerant of everyone and what everything everyone did, and therefore everyone was going to heaven. 
Now, that might be the God that was manufactured in her imagination, but that is not the God of the Bible. Tolerance, as it is now defined, is not a godly or biblical philosophy. The fact is, God is very intolerant of some beliefs and some actions. Those are called sins, and they lead to hell. Now, my fellow student did get part of it right, the part about God loving everyone. The Bible clearly teaches that. John 3.16 begins, For God so loved the world. It doesn't say God so loved Christians. It doesn't say God so loved good people. It says God so loved the world. That's, that's everybody. So she got that part of it right. But any time you read a part of the Bible and not the rest of the Bible, you might miss something that's very important. And she did. Because if you continue reading that verse, it reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So the Bible says that only people that believe in God's only begotten Son are going to receive eternal life. Biblical Christianity is not inclusive. It is exclusive. Those who refuse to repent from their sin and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are excluded from eternal life. Now, that message is confrontational. It is always confrontational to tell somebody, this is right and you are wrong. And sometimes being a Christian requires us to be confrontational. The Apostle Paul was obviously in a lot of confrontations. We read through the scriptures and we find out that he's constantly getting thrown out of town. Sometimes he's getting beaten up. Sometimes people pick up stones because he's telling them some things that are inflammatory. In fact, when you read through the scriptures... Some of the things that made it into scriptures that Paul says are outrageously inflammatory. You have to read it twice to say, did that really get in scripture? Because he is so inflammatory. But Paul would not only confront false religious leaders, he would also get in the face of church leaders who had gone wrong. An example is found in Galatians 2, in which Paul writes, he says, When Peter, that is the apostle Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Now, this is the Apostle Paul getting in the face of the Apostle Peter, who is the leader of the apostles, and saying, you're wrong. Now, what was it that Peter did that was so wrong that the Apostle Paul felt he had to, to get in, in Peter's face? Well, it continues. He says, before certain men came from James, and those would have been Jews. Peter was a Jew. Jews were raised to think that they were the people of God, and so they were rather exclusive, and they didn't affiliate with Gentiles. There are Jews who are the descendants of Abraham, and to the Jews, everybody who's not a descendant of Abraham is a Gentile, and Jews don't affiliate with Gentiles. So we understand that. We understand what's taking place. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Now, that's, that's quite a compliment to Barnabas, by the way. I mean, what it's saying is, is, is Peter was wrong, and you know, you kind of expect that from Peter, but Peter was wrong, so he even led Barnabas astray. Now, I must tell you something about Barnabas and the reputation Barnabas had in the early church. You know, well, Peter, yeah, but Barnabas, of all people, to be led astray. You see, the thing that Peter was doing that was so wrong is, is that he was behaving in such a manner that it was causing division in the church. And by his example, he was leading others to do likewise. 
So Paul, in effect, was telling Peter, listen, Christ died for the unity of the church. He prayed for the unity of the church. And what you're doing is wrong because it is causing disunity. Now, one of the things that we learn from Scripture is that there are no perfect churches. Another thing we learn from uh, Scriptures is that there are no perfect church leaders. Even the Apostle Peter. Now, this was the person that was hand-chosen by Jesus, that was mentored by Jesus himself for three years. Even the Apostle Peter was not perfect. There are no perfect church leaders. Well, there's one. Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church and the church leader, he's the only perfect church leader. So, unity does not mean that we have an indiscriminate tolerance or acceptance Uh, and approval of any and all beliefs or any and all behaviors. It is really interesting to get some clarification on what tolerance really is. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know you're listening to the program and also consider this an invitation to join us for worship here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Now, all the information you will need can be found at our website, highlands.us. Again, that is highlands.us. Tomorrow, more of our introduction to 1 Corinthians. Join us then for study verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.